The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Table Talk. Today we'll be continuing our five-part series on how to get the most out of church. But before we get into today's episode, NATO here has one of our reviews. Good luck to you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is from Yazenia. I hope (laughs) I haven't butchered your name. We are very sorry. (laughs) We know we've butchered your name. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, what's a good Australian name? Or Yezenia. Yes. 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 Probably just yes. That's probably where it'd probably stop. Don't want to add too many letters. So, so we're too too phonetically lazy for that. (laughs) Yes says, "I love listening to you guys. I found you today." It was just a very short one, but yeah. Hey, short but sweet. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate your uh, actually stopping to send the review. Like that's awesome. Yeah. So. The episode. This one is, how can you get the best experience from the church service? So this makes sense, right? Like uh, last week we talked about what to do during the week and we really didn't talk about the church service at all. And so Mm. now we're focusing down on how to get the most out of the service itself. I take it that sleeping is not on the the cards (sighs) then. But seven lay activities. (laughs) Wrong set of lay activities. But, well, you know, to be honest... On any given Sabbath, you will generally find somebody asleep in a pew, right? <laughs> uh, if not during the service, at least after. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a, <laughs> I'll be the first one to put my hand up. It has happened. <laughs> really? You've actually fallen asleep in church? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, not during the service, but I have afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Afterwards doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> a good lunch and then... So, yep, yeah. lights out. Yeah. So, w- what was the sermon about that day, bro? Um, I think it wasn't so much the problem of the sermon. It was the problem of, um, like newborn crying baby for multiple nights beforehand. Oh, I see. So sleep so, deprivation. Yeah, it was more like sleep deprivation than boring sermon. Yeah. So, so in that, in that regards, perhaps sleep was the best thing you could, could have gotten out of church <laughs> yeah, I, I, at the time. I didn't actually feel particularly guilty at that point. I got to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think Eutychus would probably agree that um, that's not the best way to get something out of church, is it? No, no, especially in his case, he ended up falling out of a window and dying. Mind you, he did get a fair bit out of that, didn't he? <laughs> true, he was resurrected by Paul, so this is true. Yeah, wouldn't recommend you trying it at home, though. So, but just to think Bore about... church. <laughs> Resurrection, not guaranteed. Yeah. Battery's not included. Um, <laughs> where am I going with this? Uh, okay, I have no so, idea. <laughs> what would you guys say? So to get away from the sleep idea, what would you say is like the number one complaint about church services? Like, what oh, it's would... boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He speaks monotone. I fall asleep when he talks monotone because I switch off. Mm-hmm. I've heard it a thousand times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get older, the complaints tend to be about the length of the sermon. I can't yeah. hear him. <laughs> Speakers aren't up old. loud enough. <laughs> 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 uh, yep. Uh, but they're all, they're all good points, right? And the question that I, I would ask then is, who's, you know, whose responsibility is it to fix those things? Oh, it's definitely the preachers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Yes and, <laughs> yes and no. You see, I, I think there's responsibility on both ends of the spectrum there. Just like when we were talking about like meeting people and, and getting involved socially at church, I think the same thing kind of happens here in the sense that it's the responsibility of the people in the pews to pay attention to what's mm. going on, but it's also the responsibility of the person up the front to deliver the very best that they yeah. can deliver. We, we were talking in our, our last episode about likening it to, to food, having a meal. Yeah. Now, if throughout the week you were to have loads and loads of junk food, loads of sugar and everything like that, and then comes along to the healthy meal of the day, I mean, of of the week, is it going to be tasty to you? Or have you acclimatized your taste buds to all that sugary junk food? Now, that being said, that food should also be... The healthy food should also be prepared in a way that is appetizing. Mm. That's pastor's job. Mm. But then everyone else's job is, you know, don't fill your mind with so much rubbish that when you, get you church, don't have yeah. a taste for the spiritual food. Mm. That is a good thought. So, as far as... Because obviously we're speaking from the point of view of people who are the ones that are in the pews. So, like, like you're saying... so. One thing that we can do is making sure that we are educating our taste, so to speak, so that we can pay attention in church. But how how do we do that? Like, you know, think about the different elements of a of a church service. Like, as far as praise is concerned, like you could think of the music aspects of it and that sort of thing. Like, how do we how do we get the most out of that aspect of church? Is Make it, it joy- joyful noise unto the Lord, no matter how bad you're singing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, a good family friend of ours never sings. And mm-hmm. we, we, I asked him about it once, like, why don't you ever sing? And and he said, oh, when I was a kid, like, my family told me that I sounded terrible. And he said, so he, he carried, he's like, he was like 60, and he's carried that with him his entire life, never singing because he was told as a child that he didn't sing very well. It's it's like yeah. anything, you practice, you get better. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And ultimately, it's a case of, like you say, making a joyful sound. It's engaging with it, right? Mm. Like spectating is always going to be difficult or boring. It's and, always much better if you're engaging with it. And if you're engaged, you're not disengaging. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I.e. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a testimony of one girl that comes to our church who's got Down syndrome. Mm. And, yeah. you know, she gets right into the music and mm-hmm. even brings her own little pretend microphone along because, you know, mm. for the, her, that makes her, you know, takes her to a place with God where she's, you know, really in worship. Yeah. And I just always look at her and feel so inspired mm. because she sings from her heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if the songs, even if even if the worship at church is really not that motivating, mm. she's still belting it out at the top of her lungs, just yeah. praising the Lord with everything she's got, mm. whether she likes the song or not. She's singing it with all of the gusto mm. she can muster. Yes. And I think that that's a real testimony to, to what a mindset can do about worship. Mm-hmm. You know, like... It's a choice, you know, absolutely some, you know, worship services will facilitate an experience of worship better than others, Mm. Um, but no matter where you are or how bad the worship might be, Mm. uh, if you choose to to let it sink into your heart, Mm. you can change it, you know, for your own experience Mm. and you can make it as as good as it possibly can be by by really engaging with that worship. I find that for me specifically... I tend to fall into the the melody and I don't pay much attention to the words and I miss a lot of blessings because of that. Because when I actually pay close attention to what I'm singing, I all of a sudden 
I all of a sudden have a very different experience with the music. And mm-hmm. so for me, paying very close attention to what I'm singing, and I, I don't sing particularly well, uh, I don't sing very well at all, but I in I pay as much attention as I can into singing as well as I can in that sort of a context, but also paying attention to the lyrics. And I, I find that, the like you say, if the service itself isn't that inspirational, it doesn't really matter because mm. I'm engaging with it. I'm yeah. engaging with God. Mm-hmm. at that point so, yeah, yeah. Mm. there's at times when singing some of those hymns like you yeah you look at the lyrics sometimes yeah I feel unworthy to actually mm. sing it's just like yeah yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> remember this this Sabbath just gone we were singing with the kids out in Sabbath school and we are singing a couple of you know really heartwarming contemporary songs and one of them I, I mentioned you know every time I sing the last verse of that song the hairs on the back of my neck just stand up and I feel like crying mm. um, there's some songs like that that yeah like you say you just feel like man I I don't even understand this kind of a God you know mm. that's being expressed through these lyrics that mm-hmm. he would do such a thing for me Yeah, and so there is a power in, in the experience of praise and worship mm. absolutely mm-hmm. so what about the what about the the teaching itself or the preaching? How how do you engage with that in a meaningful way? That's not going to send you to sleep. Well, the complaint I mentioned earlier of I've heard this a thousand times before. That's yeah. my complaint. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Getting How, real. However, <laughs> what I'm doing when I listen to a sermon is I'm often thinking, okay, so that's where he's taking it. So if I was doing this, this is the direction I would take. Yeah. Let's see if he follows it. Hmm. Okay. So I'm busy sitting <laughs> that's there. Interesting. Oh, so that's very condescending of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's just kidding. It's more of a case of yeah. um, if I was structuring it, this is this is how I would do it, and yeah. I, I see if they would follow the same sort of thing, hmm. or if they'll take it in a new, interesting direction. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, so, a so few if there's s- anything new that. Mm-hmm. or different... Uh, so your understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the um, Pastor Mark's um, sermon that I attended um, a few weeks ago, he took it in a direction that I wouldn't have, and I got a lot more out of it mm. because I wasn't expecting his direction, and I quite enjoyed it mm. yeah. because yeah. I hadn't heard it a thousand times before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. I think another good thing is taking notes. Yeah, I was just about because to say that. when you take notes, <laughs> you've got to pay more attention but then you're also writing things down when you hear things and then write it down sticks in your mind a lot better Mm. absolutely yeah i'm a big believer in note taking even even if i'm not ever going to look at the notes again it was useful yep right to keep yourself on focused the other thing that i like about doing that is that it forces you to bridge gaps like, as if you heard this part of the sermon and you understood that, and then you might have like missed a little bit, and then you understood the next portion. In order for it to make sense, you have to build the narrative in between, and so that mm. co- that forces you to make the logical con- conclusions that are mm. needed within yeah. the message. Yeah. The, other, the other good thing about note taking for for those of you who appreciate structure, mm. um, I appreciate structure a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, shut up. If you, if you stand still, that's enough. If you stand still too long, he'll structure you. I'm just saying. No, okay. <clears throat> no. So for me, you can't even stand walking into a room where the things on the table aren't lined up. You straighten everything. Can I talk now? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right, all right, all right, enough of that. Now, what I was going to (laughs) say was actually going to be really constructive, all right? Yeah, all right. Orderly, even. Yeah. (laughs) Is it alphabetized? (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, 
You gonna um, get there or not? Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, you're too disruptive. I would love to, guys. <laughs> so the thing about structure um, is that sometimes a different person will structure something differently than than you will, and and like you said, Ben, sometimes it's that, it's that restructuring of an idea that really engages with you. Yeah. But then sometimes it doesn't really tap into your mind if mm-hmm. it's not in the structure that works with your mind. Mm-hmm. And so what I will sometimes do when I'm taking notes of a message is I will be restructuring that message. So taking what they're saying, restructuring it in a way that gels with me. Paraphrasing um, it. Yeah, para- yeah, yeah, paraphrasing it, yes. But also, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it without graphics. But, <laughs> but yeah, restructuring the, the sort of the format of the, the, of the message, the way that it's being delivered, so that when I get to the end of the message, I've seen the clear sort of... Um, what would you say? A flow Progr- of progression. The, yeah. yeah, progression of the message. Yeah. And then the coolest part is when you get to the part where the preacher starts talking about, you know, an appeal or a challenge or an application, mm-hmm. you get down to that thing and you've sort of built down your way down this, this you know, thing. And now you're at the sharp end of the point. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it becomes really, really clear to you how this applies to your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just listening, you're only going to pick up what he says should apply to a whole congregation because mm. a pastor doesn't usually preach at you. Mm. He preaches at everyone. Yeah. But when you're restructuring, some, sometimes this really makes it really sharp and, and, and really helpful. That's also so. really good if you're... Because you know, not every preacher is thoroughly gifted, right? Mm-hmm. Not every preacher That's a nice is... way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some preachers... They can have a lackluster topic, but they just structure things in a way and they communicate in a way that's highly engaging and you're going to come out the other end of that feeling inspired. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some preachers don't have that. Yeah. And so it really is the message that has to do it. Right. And so for those kind of preachers, if you're doing just what you're saying, where you're having to structure it yourself as you go along, um, you're far more likely to be able to endure a, a sermon that's not perhaps as engaging as you wish it was. Yep by doing that yeah. so that that is really important it's another interesting um, thought I had over that is in a way it's actually one of the first steps towards being able to teach as well because think about um, when any of us are um, prepping to do um, a class or a sermon or something we will often go to other people's works and go through it and then we will summarize mm. it in our own words yep. mm. it's it's basically the basis of um, not plagiarism in, not plagiarism <laughs> no but moving into that teaching role yep. mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Gospel restoration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, another thing, you know, before we get off this topic of how to engage with the church service, because no- yeah. note taking is just only one element, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think I think another element of of that is is active listening. Yeah. You know, like you were saying about the singing, sometimes it's easy to get sort of caught up in the music and forget mm. the lyrics, and sometimes the same can be true of the sermon. So sometimes it's easy to get caught up in, you know. Uh, how do you put it? You, you kind of get mind numb. You kind of get brain dead to yeah. what's going on in front of you. You're, you're listening, but you're not taking it in. Yes. You know, you're hearing what he's saying, but it's not registering. Yeah. Um. And and, and it's a real art form. I I feel to mm. to actively listen to a sermon, mm-hmm. uh, particularly like you said, for those that are, are not particularly inspiring. Mm-hmm. But even think about it, right? In today's society, how often do you need to sit down and give your undivided attention to a single speaker for forty fifty minutes? It's non-existent. It's non-existent. We don't do it. Our attention spans are like goldfish because of you know, the amount of social media and things that beep and ding at us. Why do you think TED Talks are so short? <laughs> exactly, right? Because that, that, that's about the limit. And so, if you go back 100 years, that wasn't the case. There wasn't so much distraction. Attention spans typically were longer. And so, 
people could bear with longer sermons. And mm-hmm. so it really, well, I like, the, I like the word you use, Dave. It's an art form to be mm-hmm. able to focus and listen for that amount of time. And so for those of you that are listening, if you are coming into the church reasonably new or... Yeah, it's what, going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, there's blessings in it. So I'm not saying that, oh, well, we just need to adapt as a church. That, that's not my point. My point is... Uh, expect it to be difficult, but there's blessings in it as you progress. Thank you. Thank you. As a preacher, I was just about to like crucify you or something. <laughs> you were going to say I needed to preach shorter. <laughs> no, because seriously, like you said, yeah. it, there is a blessing in those longer discourses because yes. when you're trying to communicate truth from Scripture, mm. it requires time to really wrestle yes. with stuff. You know, mm-hmm. And that's not saying you can't do short, bite-sized messages. You can as well. Yeah. But if you really want to, if, if you that's really all get you ever do, though, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if you, you really want to get somewhere, it requires time and attention. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm I'm a fan of long sermons, so I might be particularly biased in this in this way. But I really, really appreciate that that length of time. So thank yes. you for liberating me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I'm not about to get slapped or something because I, I can see the look on your face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the the closest thing in, in a worldly setting would be you know lectures yeah. at. At university, university or something yeah. like that, or, or school. But yeah, what what do students, good students, what do they do? They take notes. They take notes and they sit. At they the front. actively listen. Why? Because they want to learn. They yeah. want. They want to take the, in the information. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The other thing that I find to be really beneficial, as far as retaining and, and applying what you learn and hear in the sermon is to find someone to tell it to later. Yes, 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 yes. Always teach what you learn, and that will ingrain it far more strongly than if you just hear it. So we've got listen, write it down, mm-hmm. and tell someone. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In order to tell somebody, you need to find that defining point to actually go out and say, yes, this bit of the sermon, I love this. What did you think about it? Mm-hmm. Ah, so that's the fourth thing. Think. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lost right. art right there. Right. <laughs> that was profound. <laughs> no, um, just just on that note taking again, um, I just think it's important that we mention as well. Not everyone's a note taker. Mm-hmm. Um, some people uh, I've seen take notes from a sermon by drawing a mind map, um, and, and that works really well for us. if you're a particularly creative person. You might draw a mind map, or you might even draw something pictorially, mm-hmm. and you know that's fine. You know whatever whatever works for you to engage with the message. You know mm-hmm. if you have to draw like a uh, you know uh, what do you call it an animation of what's going on at the front in the sermon mm-hmm. do it whatever works mm-hmm. um, if you happen to be a structured person like me kudos yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there's another element of church bro we haven't got to the best part yet aha uh-huh. and I don't know which one you're talking about but I'm thinking lunch that- no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say church lunch <laughs> yes, maybe we should so talk about church lunches no no no, no. Sabbath school Sabbath yeah. school is the best part of church yes Yes, yes, yes. Or, so, or Sunday school, you know, whatever. Exactly. So, I mean, depending on what church you go to, it's going to be called something different. For us, we call it Sabbath school, but basically what that boils down to is small group Bible studies. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah. And so what would you do to get the most out of that? Teach it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shortcut. High five. There you I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but apart, aside from becoming a Sabbath school or a Sunday school teacher, which mm. is going to be the most impactful way to get something out of Sabbath school. Yes. Um, you you become an active part of the class. You don't just sit back and listen. You engage with the content. You speak your mind. You share mm-hmm. your perspective. Yeah. You ask dumb questions. Please ask dumb questions. Yeah. There is no such thing as a dumb question. Yes. If you think yeah. it's a dumb question, it's probably going to change somebody's life. Because yeah. there will probably be someone there that thinks it's a dumb question because 
they don't and they don't know it and, so they're not and that they're not going to ask it yes. so yeah. yeah be brave be brave and ask it ultimately a dumb question is only a question that somebody's afraid to ask right so be yes. bold be yeah. be brave ask the question when i was still living in harvey bay this is some years ago a good friend of mine doug he was very you know very comfortable with scripture he he wasn't new by any stretch of the imagination but every time that I would be teaching and he would be in the group, he would ask basic questions that would tend to lead to greater discussion, right? Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that so much because he would ask questions and he knew the answers to them. Yep. But he always did it in order to get the conversation yep. moving. And it's it, Jesus. All oh, over. It just made it so much easier yeah. to, to actually have those discussions and make yeah. those groups operate. <laughs> and so... Even if you know the answer, if it's a good question that leads to a good place, you can do the entire group of service by asking it anyway yeah. to get discussion mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, even, even if it's something wrong, you can get um, discussion. One of my favorite things, if things were going dead, was to throw in something that was outrageous and completely wrong. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you, just, you just see everyone go pop up and go, what? He said, what? <laughs> Burn him! <laughs> Instant re-engagement. Yeah. yeah, this is true. This is true. So, but, but but back to the idea of teaching Sabbath school. Mm. Um, wh- why do we recommend that so strongly, guys? Mm. It it changes it, um, the way you look at a lesson. Mm. There is a huge difference between going to a Bible study and participating and teaching it. You, it's not just a matter of understanding at a basic level. You've got to understand so much deeper mm-hmm. because you have to be ready to go. Uh, and not just parrot out an answer. Mm. You actually have to go and give a reason why that answer is impactful. Yep. Mm. Yep. I heard right. someone, uh, a guy talking about how to prepare to teach. And one of the things that he said is that, uh, generally speaking, what you study before you teach will only reflect, uh, well, probably, you know, if the whole is 100%, you're probably only going to talk about 40% of what you actually learnt because you learnt all the undergirding principles because you never know where the conversation is going to go. Yeah. And so you those, have to Those dumb questions again. Yeah, that's right, those dumb questions again. You have to understand all of those undergirding principles and the background of all those stories that you're, that you're talking about because you have no idea which ones are those that you're actually going to end up talking about in yeah. the class. And, uh, and I thought that's so true. You know, as a teacher, you're forced to know those things. But it, as, a, as a participant, it's, it's, not that, um, you know, it's not that heavy a load. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, when you teach, you're, you're forced to, to learn a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that, uh, well, certainly in our church anyway, the uh, Sabbath school classes are based around uh, a curriculum that is set or at least discussion starters that uh, that we have. And if you have the time to do a bit of preparation, you don't even have to do a lot, but if you at least know what you're talking about and you've read some of the texts and so you've been able to think about some of the themes that are in the lesson, it makes such a difference because... Sure, there's a place that you get to in your Christian experience where you've learned enough so you can pretty much at a walk-up start go into any lesson and have an intelligent conversation. You know, after long enough, that does happen. But it doesn't matter who you are, you're always going to have a better discussion with people who have done some preparation. Mm. Yeah, this is true. So can we talk about the favorite part of church now? Lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, like, I mean, I think it's also important. You're talking about how to get the most out of the church service. Sometimes it is actually the very best part of church, right? Because it's the fellowship component. It's when you can talk to people about the sermon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Or or about real life. (laughs) 
yeah, that you know, too. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not against what you just said, by the way. I'm just, just thinking, let's be real as well. You know, sometimes yeah. you're not going to talk about spiritual things. You're going to talk about what's really important to the person you're talking to, you know? Yes. And that might be something tough going on in their life, potentially. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you engage with that? Well, you talk to people, right? Yeah. So, put yourself out there. If you're an introvert, I know it's not as easy, but um, to actually talk to people doesn't mean you, you don't have to go and talk to every single person in the room you can just find one person and and, and have a good solid conversation with mm. that one person if that's more your style yep. yeah and also on a, on a thoroughly practical note cook something like you know for most people if you depending on if you're interested in cooking or not but if you contribute something it also gives you something it's a way to to uh, what's what I'm looking for it's a way to serve the other people that are there um, if you are a, a local but um, if that's not your thing well you know I understand that not everyone's in the same position you know like there are people that are uh, very much given to hospitality and others that are more given to the practical aspects of helping out and getting things ready rather than doing the food so uh, mm-hmm. but yeah if you can contribute do so it, it's mm-hmm. a conversation starter as well mm-hmm. yeah and look Let's be honest as well. It's easy to go and sit with your friends. But if you if you want to really experience growth at church, go and sit with somebody you don't know. Get to know them. Um, you know, Maybe not every week because maybe some weeks you, you're going to need to you know, hang with your friends. And that's yeah. cool. Hmm. We're not saying you need to be you know, um, a zealot. Yeah. <laughs> We're saying you know, step outside your comfort zone. That's, that's where you grow the most. I yes. Guess. Yeah. And I think the one last thing that I think is probably worth mentioning also is that when you're engaging with church, this is the service we've been talking about specifically, but most churches have a trajectory where the church as a whole is going. They have a vision and there is nothing quite so powerful as when you understand that vision mm. and you get involved in that vision. You, mm. you, you personalize it. it. The church becomes a part of your identity. And if you can do that, then that's going to you're going to have a, a far greater correction uh, correction connection <laughs> sorry with the people that are around you because mm-hmm. you're all headed in the same direction yeah that, that yeah. is a powerful yeah. thing to that. Mm. Yeah. so uh, with with that i guess we uh we wrap up this particular episode we only have one more left in this series and uh, we're really grateful that you guys have been coming along for the ride if you have uh, any other Ideas or things that you'd like us to cover, talk about talk, topics you want us to talk about. There's a lot of teasing topics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh, contributing the ideas so far, and we look forward to catching you guys next week. Ciao. Don't forget to give us a review. Yes, give us a review yeah. so we can yes. give you a shout out on the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> give yes. us a review like yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. See you guys. See ya. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now 
Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.